everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Loose Cannon Podcast. Uh, we are recording this uh, the night before we face Leicester City, um, and we're going to talk about that game, we're going to preview it, and we're also going to talk about um, the midweek game against Rapid Vienna and that loss at Manchester City. And here to discuss all this is Jason. Hey, what's going on, man? Good to be. It's been a while, but it's good to be back, back yeah, on air. And uh, after the stupid international break, we came back and uh, we fielded Thomas party for seven minutes. So that was exciting. <laughs> yeah, that internet. I'm just every every time. Even I know we're going to talk about this, but bringing up international matches just just a bunch of just rubbish. Just furiates me. Just yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that. What do you think? I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous uh, that you know. But, I mean, there's a whole there's a pandemic going on, right? And you know, international travel is risky. And then they're sending out players for these meaningless friendlies. And you know, like I understand the Nations League, it, it has to happen. But mm-hmm. certainly in in a in this kind of pandemic environment, the, the football associations of the all the countries, like FIFA, would realize that it's a, it's a major risk. So I wonder what what's going on, and you know, what do you think about all that? Well, I. Th- there's a there's a difference in when you're doing international friendlies. I think it's not a. I understand the method behind a lot of it because I've I've played um, with under 21s in Canada. We did friendlies. I played against Trinidad Tobago. I got to play uh, a little bit there with uh, versus Jamaica, uh, Mexico. It's all Concacaf related. But at this level of the of of, of these players, you know it. You like to see battles where the caliber is going to be the same. Okay, so let's say you have. England versus Spain, or if you have, you know, those kind of sure. friendlies. But if you have, if you have, uh, you know, I, come to mind is one of our players, uh, Kieran Tierney, who's who's just back from injury, just 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 a straight brilliant footballer. He lives football, pure footballer, and and let's say Scotland for some reason gets to go play against some country that's ranked like ninety eighth in the world, and right. the caliber when you're playing against clumsy footballers. I mean, no disrespect to any football in any any country or club that's ranked in the top 100. But when you play teams of lesser caliber, they can't keep up. And that's how other teams manage to, you know, injure the players that are at a higher caliber because they can't keep up and they become sloppy. And not to mention the pandemic. And we don't need to have people quarantined. We have big matches coming up during international friendlies. I, I mean, as you you probably do yourself. My bloody fingers were crossed, and I was praying every day that I didn't get a, an Arsenal alert that somebody just got injured playing some country I've never heard of. So that happened to us, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. Kieran Tierney uh, came into contact with one of the players in the Scottish mm-hmm. squad that was uh, tested positive for COVID, uh, and I mean, although he tested negative, there's a lot of rules around it. The Scottish FA says he can't; he has to quarantine. It was it was funny. He had to quarantine longer than the, the player who had tested positive for COVID. It was, it was oh. really great. Yeah, um, it, brutal. Because yeah. even yeah. you can look at the Arsenal, like the the Tulsa Gooners. I mean, the first message was from one, from one of our good mates, Alan Parent. He used to be a, one of the administrators with Tulsa Gooners. He just went on a rant of, you know, as soon as we heard about Kieran, he just <laughs> just yeah. ranted off about why do we even have these. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, uh, so that's done for now, at least. There's another one coming up soon. But uh, then we got back to Premier League action. We traveled uh, up to Manchester, faced, uh, I would say, a not-in-great-form Manchester City. 
and uh, I think we we had uh, it was a it was a tactical game from my perspective. But mm-hmm. I want to hear what you thought about it, um, and specifically from um, Arteta's. What do you think Arteta's thinking was going into that game, especially looking at the lineup, looking at uh, who we played at center forward? It's very frustrating, but what do you think was going on there? Well, I think the the biggest thing with Arteta is, as as, as skilled as he is, as as much as football is his life, and he's at the high stage right now. I think that with, I think he's still learning on, on how to announce his presence with authority week after week. And I have I have no doubt about it. I, I think this year is going to be a good learning experience for him, and as well as a good teaching experience for him because he's, there's a lot on his plate right now. And I think going up against Pep, because, you know, how many times have we faced Man City now in the last, you know, two and a half months, three months right. with regarding all competitions? I think that, you know, my, my first reaction to the game where it was, you know, if you look at the end of the match, the, the possession play was, was almost even. A lot of the statistics were almost even. Yeah. But it just happened to be that fucking Raheem has to get his name in. And yeah. it, it was unlucky and it was a breakdown and it was, I mean, it could have went either way. I think, I think it was a, I don't want to say boring game, but I think we, both teams were kind of playing flat. It wasn't exciting. I think it was just, they were getting through the match day. And uh, I think Arteta is just going to chalk it up as let's get through this one and move on to the rest of our competition. So I don't think it's, uh, I know. Sure. In, in, so, it, right. No, like I understand what you're saying and, and like, that's my that's my issue, right? Like, are we, are as fans right now, we're in a very difficult sort of a position where are we supposed to say, hey, we didn't lose three nil and be content with you know what happened there, or you know we know that City were there for the taking because they're not really in that good form right now, and then you know we we had our chances, and I think. In the, it, I understand that uh, Arteta wanted to be a little conservative, and up to the 70th minute, I totally understood, you know, what he was trying to do. But then, you know, like whether you lose one nil or two nil, it, it doesn't matter, right? That you're still not getting any points. Why don't, mm-hmm. why not, you know, push forward, get get more attackers into the box, you know, get Aubameyang through the middle, you know, and and then try and go for that even one point, right? I mean, that's a big. Uh, the incentive that we could have taken, but we we didn't do it. So it makes no, me wonder: Do you think Arteta is very? He's he's conservative. Is he like you know? I don't want to mention his name again, but you know, Unai Emery was very much like this. Do you think it's it's? Are we seeing another Unai Emery here? Uh, I don't think we're seeing Unai Emery at all. Um, I think that um, praise be to our God above that we're not going to see Unai Emery. Um, but I'll tell you right now: I think it's. I think. I think. Um, Mikel has a different mindset every time he takes the field against uh, City, and I think it's going to take till after this year because it's 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 still pretty fresh that he was with Pep, and I think that he takes the field, and I think he's he's got a lot going on because he's going to be able to establish his mindset as a full manager now um, because he's got everything from Mesut Ozil to the new Partey signing to extending Obama Yang to making sure people are fit um, to making sure that. Uh, you know, the, the friendlies, he was probably stressed out with these friendlies, especially when you hear someone like Kieran Tierney. Um, but I think that he knows his club is happy. I think their club are, have bonded. I think there's a lot on his plate, and I think he's just going to move forward with, you know what, I, I would have I enjoyed seeing um, Thomas coming back, come in sooner. Um, 
but I understand yourself yeah, we'll as get into you got the game in detail. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think as far as with his mindset, I think uh, I think Arteta, you know, I think he's still spot on, and I think he's going to move forward with the best decisions. And you know what? Uh, I think that we all love him as 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 Arsenal fans. I think we we support him not just because he played with us. I think we all really know the the decisiveness and the inner workings of him as a coach and hearing from other big time coaches talking about how Arteta is so articulate and nonstop talk on the sideline. And he, I mean, I think it's going to be fine. I think it was just one of those matches that could have went either way. Tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it then. Um, the starting lineup, uh, I think it was pretty straightforward except for mm-hmm. one position. So that's the thing though. Like when I looked at the team sheet, I'm like, great. Cause you know, after what we saw against Sheffield, I thought, okay, Arteta finally, you know, saw what we saw as fans and decided to play Aubameyang through the middle. I was surprised. I was shocked, actually, when I saw, you know, Willian running up and down the center forward position. Like, what the hell is going on? So <sighs> we, had, we had a decent midfield because I think Xhaka, I mean, he had to start because Partey, you know, he just he was brand new to the squad. And we had Ceballos and uh, Bukayo Saka, who had an excellent game. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Dynamic midfield. And I, it looked like we played a back four after a long, long time. And the frustrating thing is, I mean, like, Pepe, and I, I, like, I see what he was trying to do. I, I really do. He was trying to, you know, have somebody in the, in the center forward position who can pass the ball, do, you know, through balls over to the runners on the, on the wings. But that did not really materialize. So what, what do you think, you know, how did, how did you see Willian in this game i think uh i'm kind of biased with william because like like we said in the past for for so many years i've followed this guy and i've as much as i've hated chelsea um and disliked the i'd probably say about 97 percent of what they do i think that uh with william i've watched him and i'm you know and you you think as a footballer and you think as a football fan and william is massively dangerous um in very many positions. I mean, not only does he backtrack on, uh, you look at his, as the kilometers that he runs per match and it's pretty phenomenal. And that's also from defensive backtracking to our defensive third, to our neutral, our neutral third in the midfield and plus attacking. I was a bit surprised to see him up at, up attacking in the center as much as he was, because in my situation, everything that William puts towards a goal, as far as an assist, like assisting our strikers or like what he did with Chelsea Every, the, the biggest fear is everything that he puts towards goal, that means 90% of his crosses, they're either going to hit somebody to, you know, it's going to be an assist for someone who finishes or it's going to be on goal, whether on purpose or by accident. So I'd rather him see in a supporting role, not up in the center, center attacking. But you know what? It's, it's hard to say when you're, when you're looking. I try to put myself in, in, Mikel's, in Mikel's shoes and perfect hair and say, why, why in the bloody hell is, is, is William? in this spot and but to to reflect back on what you said i'm just absolutely dizzy about saka and what he's doing for us right now and uh the sooner that we can legally lock this kid in for a long and high fee i mean i'm gonna be very very happy yeah i mean we still have uh him for another four years but mm-hmm. if he keeps this up he's gonna get a new deal soon enough um but yeah i just want to circle back to something really quick so there's, there's times where um, Aubameyang was getting the ball on the left and then trying mm-hmm. to take through, through balls to Willian, 
uh, you know, who's who's supposed to be running crew on goal, but he didn't do it. So, like, I why can't why can't that role be reversed, <laughs> right? Why for, why can't we yeah. try Willian providing for the striker? Like, I I'm pretty sure when Aubameyang signed the deal, he he did not envision him laying on through balls for like a 33 year old you know winger who's playing. Mm-hmm. That was probably mm-hmm. not the idea. So it was it was really frustrating to see that. Um, yeah, I think I think also on that point, what you just said there, what that brought it up is I think Arteta really studied the the predicted lineup and then the sent in lineup of what City was going to have being played because they had the albino. Um, he was out. Uh, and so he knew that was going to be a game changer. And he also had to rely on, you know, what there were so many, you know, they put out their predicted lineups and, oh, he's a possible injury. He might not play. He might not play. But I think the the one thing that you have to remember is what even um, Obama Yang told Arteta and he told the Arsenal fan base and the supporters is that he loves playing on the outside. But if you ask me and exactly what you said, if you got a player such as Obama Yang, who is, you know, his pace is, is relentless top of the league. And if you run him as a top striker and you have someone who with a magic foot that was both feet that were touched by God himself uh, in, in, in William, um, I a hundred percent agree that, running Obama Yang as a high striker and having William out on the outside um, and how even Pepe on the other outside, you know what I mean? Just so you yeah. can have, cause they can both beat players yeah. and they can both put a ball in that is just drop a, a bloody dime on his feet. But you know what? That's a question that they could, you know, maybe Arteta could speculate more and, and probably educate us on, but I a hundred percent agree that could have been uh, rearranged with William on the outside and, and Obama Yang as a high striker. I mean, there's definitely an element of, uh, over trying to be too clever and overthinking on both. Mm. Like I, I think Pep tried something weird too, but it, yep. it's not like they had a buttload of chances. I mean, they Mm-mm. they got in a goal that was such a very soft goal. Um, and we'll, we'll you know let's uh, let's talk about the goal actually because I mean it happened fairly early uh, in the game. I think it was uh, what the twelfth minute. Hang on. Roughly, yeah. Um. But yeah, so like I think they started the game pretty well. I think we, Arsenal was, you know, like we had the ball under control. We were trying to make, you know, like passing lanes in, in our own half, albeit, but still we were able to get the ball, right? And I think uh, T- Tyranny and Saka were excellent on the left-hand side. And if it wasn't for Ederson, we would have had two goals. Um, but um, on the other side, right, the one time where we pushed high and, uh, we were really squeezing uh, City back. They countered, and you know they got the ball to Phil Foden. And um, I don't know about Hector Bellerin's role in that. I I have some sympathy for him because uh, Foden's left-footed and he knows this, right? So he showed him uh, inside because he didn't know he w- he didn't think he would cut in, but he did. And you know Leno spills the ball. You know I've I've seen arguments that you know Martinez would have caught it. You know? <laughs> You know, but um, I don't think Leno could do too much about it. And then the Raheem Sterling gets the, you know, uh, spilled ball and then shoots and scores. But that was a very not City kind of a goal, right? After that, they didn't really have any big chances. So what do you Mm. think, you know, like in terms of what went wrong there, what what do you think happened? I think it was just a breakdown in. If they they watched the goal, um, Leno makes a save. 
Um, and, and if you look at the positioning of, of every player from, you have Saka, you have Gabriel, you have Xhaka at the top of the box, um, and then you have uh, Bellerin after the, 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 the rebound was shot in by Sterling. Bellerin was like two feet away from Leno on the ground who just made the save and, uh, you know, over on the far post. And it, the good thing is to see that um, is when uh, uh, Phil uh, Foden's shot, you know, was saved. But then you're looking at Gabriel was ha- smartly standing as a, as, as a as a strong peer, like in the middle of the you know in the middle of the goal, trying to do what he can because he knew the rebounds coming on. But sometimes it just drops out and you can't do anything about it because Leno did make a good save. But Sterling, you know, he's in the right place. And then you know if you look at there's three there was three guys in the box. It was Sergio Aguero and then Sterling, and then I believe um, Foden was coming in. Um, after that, but you also had in the box for us, you had Hector Bellerin right by Leno after he makes a stop. And then you had uh, Xhaka was at kind of the top of the box. And then Saka was coming in on the other side, uh, backtracking and trying to mark in the other player running in for the other rebound. He did his job. It's just one of those things in, in our defensive third that it's unlucky. But, um, you know, at least our keeper made the save and it was just unlucky for us. But once again, we're talking about a match where it could have went either way. It was sloppy. Yeah, I don't want to say sloppy play. Yeah, I don't want to say it was sloppy play the entire time because you got to see some some shining moments for, you know, because Gabriel, I'll tell you what, I don't care what kind of match it was. Gabriel in the back, he is a absolute he was specimen. Awesome. He's yeah. a specimen of, a, of an athlete and he met like, people avoid him. Our opposition avoids getting into his defensive zone. Um, Saka played amazing. Xhaka didn't have a horrible game. I mean, he's, 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 he's consistent, but you know, he, uh, he, and you could tell me, I, you kind of get the feeling where you know, I was talking to Corey, Corey Crandall, uh, at George's pub owner who also comes on here sometimes. And you know, it, the match was kind of meh. It kind of, we, it, we, it seemed flat. It didn't seem like it was two of the top biggest clubs around, you know, with that, with that history and that rivalry, it didn't seem, you know, it didn't seem like it was. You know, like a number five club playing a number nine club, you know, where, you know, where it should have been a little more urgency. But, yeah, you said it right. It just, it could have went either way. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the, I mean, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of backstory, right? I mean, first of all, like, mm. Lola didn't have his star players, right? I think De Bruyne wasn't available. Aguero is just coming back from injury, right? And they just, they've lost a lot of good players. There's no David Silva anymore. There's no Leroy Sané. And they're trying to figure things out on their own side, right? And, and Fernandinho on the bench. Exactly, exactly. That was that was it was like okay, well, what the fucking yeah, hell, man? That's a long-term injury or something, and they didn't they didn't feel like uh, they had to risk him. And after that, I think you know, I think uh, Rodrigo got um, booked fairly early, and he had to be shackled after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mares wasn't he was okay, I guess. So they weren't clicking either. They weren't in full flow. And I was I was expecting Arsenal to take the initiative and, you know, really they were there for the taking, really go. But, you know, having said all that, Arteta also knew that, you know, this is Man City. You know, they can turn it on at any time. You never know. And we don't wanna go there and lose three or four nil. So I understand how he set up to start with. My issue was at the seventieth minute, you know that it's now or never. You know, mm-hmm. kind of changes. Like the changes look good, right? He removed Jaka, put in Party, right? Yeah. Um, you know, took off Willian, took off Pepe. I don't know if he should have taken off Pepe, but he put in two. I centers. wouldn't have. 
right? You have, at this point, you have three central strikers playing <laughs> across the front line. You have nobody to provide the passes to them. So yeah. this is what is really baffling, right? Keep Willian on. Put him in midfield or, you know, take, yeah. let go into midfield and put on, you know, Lacazette and see what happens. Like, I think Arteta is still learning uh, at this stage. And like you said, you know, I think these are aspects of the game that uh, his substitutions, especially, that he's kind of uh, figured it out. But um, I'm rambling here. But, but my point is, that, like, you were right. I mean, it doesn't feel like two top clubs going at it. I think it was a very tactical game, very carefully considered sort of a game. Nobody wanted to lose, um, and yeah, that's what we saw on the on the field on the field. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 honestly, I think I think uh, Arteta knows exactly what Pep has um, on the bench, whose substitutes are. He knows the skill level of these players, and then he's matching his players one for one. Who could mark this player better? Who could play this zone better in any of the thirds of the pitch? And I think that honestly, if you had. You know, and when we can sit here all day, like I ramble too, you could have uh, Pepe on one side, William on the other side, play high striker. Hell, you know what? I would even try one day. I would put, I would, I would risk it because I have faith in Gabriel and a- absolutely faith in uh, Gabriel and um, uh, David Luiz right now because he's playing with confidence with tyranny and Bellerin on the outside. But you know what? Let's do this one day. Why don't we have William on one side? Let's have uh, Pepe on the other side. And let's run two high strikers with uh, with with Obama Yang and and uh, uh, what's his face uh, Lacazette. Let's try it. Four, try two, it for four. seventeen. <laughs> yeah, try it for try it for seventeen minutes. See what happens because I guarantee you it would be a competition between Lacazette and Obama Yang. They'd have a bet in the locker room and they would see who could have the best touches, who could score. They'd probably have a, a crossbar competition. That's how happy they would be. They tried the you know as long as we finish, let's see who can hit the crossbar more, and then the other player would have to take the other guy out for pints and a steak, but I'm telling, you know, like, but that, and, and, you know, that's why Arteta, you know, I, and we look at his subs that he's done before. And if you look at previous matches, cause people, even this match, they were questioning his subs. Look what he did in the last match. He puts in, he puts in William and then, or another match. And then Sokka, another match, they both send the most brilliant ball to Obama Yang. And we score our substitutes yeah. look like bloody stars. So, you know, I might, this Canadian footballer might just need to shut his mouth at some point And, uh, just kind of. No, I totally struck. understand that. Like, I mean, the, the the I think the overall theme of what we're talking about right now is, you know, against Liverpool and against City. Yeah. This is a different Arsenal. That's for yes. sure. Yes. Right. What I can take away from this is both the the opposition coaches respected us as opposed to you know a couple of years ago that they didn't give a shit. Right. Before they're like, yeah, it's fucking Arsenal. What? I don't give a shit. Just you know, mm-hmm. play whatever second string side you have. Beat them three four nil and. You're good to go, right? But now I think Klopp, especially, right? He he saw what we did to Liverpool on, you know, uh, during the Community Shield, and he set up to, you know, really go go for it against us. And twice, same thing, yeah, twice, right? I think he he knows that you know Arsenal are a good side now. You can't underestimate them. So I think that's the same thing with Pep, right? He he knew after the FA Cup game yeah. that you no, know, this is not. This is not the Arsenal of old. You, you have to respect no, no. it. And that's a, well, you that's heard Klopp. Did you, what, you, you brought up Klopp, which is brilliant, because the, the best interview he had is, he goes, and this is, be, this, this is the interview before Mikel Arteta said, listen, Liverpool, I know we beat them, but Liverpool is, there's a massive gap between us and Liverpool, as well as the rest of the league in Liverpool. They're the best club, possibly on, on the globe right now. But this, when Klopp said, 
I would I dare any team to underestimate Mikel and Arsenal right now. I dare yeah. them to because yeah. you will find yourself dropping from 10, 11, 12, 13. And he went through like eight numbers. He goes 10, 11, 12, 13, all the way to 17. He goes in the table. I promise you, I, I dare you to underestimate them because you make you make my job easier. You know, he says this is like, yeah, yeah what a what a bow of respect from from exactly. Klopp to, to you Mikel. Know, like, coaches don't just say stuff like that, right? I mean, there's just a lot of effusive praise for a, a manager, let's face it, who has no experience at all before this. So it's it's all good signs. Um, and I think I think Arteta is trying to build something. We need to trust the process, give him time. I think we're as Arsenal fans, we're just scarred because of what we've seen with you know with, with Unai Emery and with everything that's happened for the past ten years. Right, we're really scarred, so we get we get scared very easily. <laughs> but um, I think we should definitely uh, be patient, take chances, and uh, see what we, what we can do. Um, yeah. yeah, and he's still he's he's still also learning the, you know, the chemistry of these players because you have to understand if you have a Partey come in, you have William who's proved himself with country and with club, and then you have players like Obama Yang, and you have Lacazette, and you have this kid Saka who's getting call ups to the English first team. He's got a he's got to utilize his talent in a way that a head coach needs to be careful with and and just realize that. And the, you know what the funny thing I think, like you said last time, is that Arteta has very few egos that he has to worry about because he said he's been honest with every player since day one. And, you know, you'll get on the pitch if you show me something in training. So Yeah, and, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about Saka. So I think, Oof. you know, this kid's been on the up for the past couple of months. He's got an international call-up. He's been, you know, everything that you need in a breakout season is happening for him. And I think... You know, like when he's on the ball, I'm I feel very calm. I feel confident. I feel calm, and I feel excited to know that something good is coming. Right? And you know, why do you think that is? Why do you think people like? I'm sure you feel the same way, right? What is it about this team? Well, there's you can put it away. Arsene Wenger used to say this. He goes, he his ultimate goal in life is he loves to develop players at Arsenal, and that means taking the young kids. The young footballers who deserve to be there. And then he used to break it down. Like he used to explain how hard it was to get into Arsenal camp, even to make it through the academy, even to make it through. And but to get on the first team. So you literally. Yeah. Yeah. You literally have to understand that your skill level, like like we've said before, like you're you have to be touched by God at one point to even see the first team when you played for Arsene Wenger, if you're that young. But then you have Saka. He is, if you hear every interview that he's ever given, he's the most humble. He's the most humble lad on the pitch. Yet he's got the it factor. And Arteta says, um, you know, because they started asking other coaches about the young players, and and they talked to um, they talked to Pep. They talked to, um, of course, Arteta. They talked to um, Lester, Lester's coach. They talked to several coaches. And, you know, it was probably 80% of them talked about Saka about yeah. this because it was all about young players. And there's a lot of absolutely brilliant young lads playing on these big yeah, clubs. So we have Greenwood and, you know, like United. I mean, Saka, our boy. So, yeah. A lot of, a lot and of so I think soccer, I think soccer right now is the top, top of the top of the class of our youngsters, because like you said, I, I've never I, I'm when you just post posed that question to me. 
I was thinking very hard. When was the last time that I thought in my mind where I had confidence in a young guy like that with the ball and wanting the ball and asking for the ball and only feeling good? He wants the ball in the clutch moments when a lot of players just want to go, hey, I'll take one, two touches, send it up the wing, get my stats, don't make a mistake. Sokka wants to be involved in the game. We'll share. Exactly. We'll share. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I, 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 there was never a question of his talent. It was injuries that held him back. But it, it was I remember when he was 19, you know, it, it, it was the same way. Like he had the ball. He was confident. He was just out of this world in terms of skill. And so he was a bulldog. He was built like yeah. a bulldog. And and he had such he had a strong strike. He had a, the, for his first five steps. His pace was massive. But when I see sock on the ball. And and he takes contact well. He knows how to guard his body from injury. Exactly. He's like exactly. just little things. Like it's it's so amazing to work where these some of these young lads are just going balls to the walls. They get these, you know, they, even if they take a minor knock, Saka seems to he takes contact properly. He's yeah, he's he's his 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 match awareness, his pitch awareness, his game knowledge is well beyond his years, and it's amazing. And I so love how- um, He's, he just, you know, carries the ball so, so well. You know, I don't think we have anybody else that can do that right now. Maybe Pepe, but even Pepe is really erratic with his dribbling. Saka is so, so controlled. He can get the ball, go past people, hold on to it, and actually carry it, you know, up the pace. I think that's something that we really needed, and he's providing all of that for us right now. And I think if you, if you, if you have a player that young, that young, and he has the, the most confident and brilliant first and second and third touch, Two to three yards outside of the opponent's 18-yard box, where yeah. the most traffic is, where teams are parking the bus, and he demands the ball. He demands the ball more than Jaka does, but yeah. he doesn't have to yell at it because they see Saka there. And for some reason, Gotham, I'm telling you, fucking hell, man, I saw, I cannot believe that some of these teams are still giving him at least three feet to receive the ball. Three yards to receive the ball because he's showing that, hey, if you let me receive the ball, I'm playing a through ball to Obama Yang, or I'm sending a 27-yard ball dropping a bloody dime on Obama Yang's feet. And, but you give that kid time, and he's he's going to expose you. So I'm, I'm, I'm massively excited. Very excited to see what, you know, what this guy is going to do. Um, so, yeah, that, that was Manchester City. We, we uh, you know, I think it's an encouraging loss, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, we could take some positives, and, you know, we move on. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a 4 nothing, 4 nothing, 4 nil loss. I mean, it was... Could have went either way. I wasn't. I wasn't either way on that match. Just don't like to lose three points. Yeah, yeah. You know that's uh, that's what I was saying when you know I didn't. I, I, Arteta probably was worried about the scoreline, but you know, mm-hmm. no three, no four, no loss is still a loss, man. So truth, but, truth. You know, we're we're not being paid millions of dollars to you know take care of the team. It, it's his job, and you know he did what he felt was right. So talking about the midweek game, right? We're back now in the Thursday Sunday. You know, grind Thursday weekend grind. Um, had to travel to Rapid Vienna in um, Austria, I think. Ah, lovely, um, lovely, never, lovely Rapid Rapid Vienna. Really, I've never I've never heard of them before. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I that doesn't mean like I'm I'm trying to say they're a small club, but really, I've never I've never heard of them before. And no, it's it's a club that has a lot of hungry young players. They play more more young players. At one point in time, Rapid Vienna, they, used to, they, they were known for playing guys that were kind of been should have been sent off to the stable a little bit, but um, they were loyal to to 
to the club and they, they gave them their, their just dues, but they're starting to play a lot more younger players. And if you, you, as you saw in the match there, they're a type of, of team that will pressure and they will, I don't want to say purposely, they will luckily um, t- take over if there's a bad touch or if, and, sure. and take advantage yeah. of a mistake that we have. And that's where a team like Arsenal with the skill that we have, and like I told you before, when you have a high-caliber team playing not such a high-caliber team, Arteta has to watch out you know, about sloppy tackles from the other team, not being able to keep up. That's how you have to watch injuries. But it's... It, that's the type of club they are. I don't want to ramble on about with that, but that's the type of club Rapid Vienna are too. I mean, like, the, the, it's it's great that, you know, um, as a big club, we can go to these kind of places and have a more relaxed approach to the game. It is what mm-hmm. I think, right? <laughs> uh, typically, Absolutely. We turn over these teams 4-5-0, and I think Martin Keown pre- predicted a 4-0 win just before mm-hmm. the game. But, you know, it was anything but that, right? Because we, we had a pretty decent midfield, I think. You know, Elneny, he's been impressing me a lot. Elneny was in midfield. And then uh, we obviously had uh, Lacazette and Kedia. And Kedia should not be playing out wide. I'm sorry. I can't nope. You know, why he was playing out wide. No, nope. unless, yeah. unless he's playing for country and he's playing for the young uh, English national team and the coach says, hey, I need you to take this role today. That's yeah. the only team he should play out wide. He's just, He's the top high strike. That's it. Yeah, he's a poacher, man. I mean, it, it's hundred percent like playing Lacazette out wide. It's the same thing. Um, so yeah, everything then, he touches, everything he touches is a, is a is a risk for a finish. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then we had um, I think Luis and Gabriel are holding down the fort at center back, and yeah, then yeah. Cedric Suarez. Uh, I I don't know why we signed him. I don't know why we gave him that long term contract. He just seems like very. I, I have no words to describe him. Very average, below average. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on yeah, the other and I have I, at Glass Match, who is you know just I don't know what's happened to him. When he first came, he was the tank. You know, everybody loved him. He was supposed to be our left back to the future, but mm-hmm. you know that he you know how he's ended up right now. So that was our defense, and then we do not trust Alex Runnerson at all. Apparently, we we're not even like. Mm-hmm. Him in Europa League, you know, games like this, we group stage Europa League games. Well, we had Bern Leno back in goal, which is fine, you know, but he didn't really cover himself in glory in, in this game, and we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a very functional looking midfield. I think Thomas Party definitely he was the star of that midfield, and you know, he showed his class throughout the game. But again, mm. he's not that you know uh, Hussein Awar type creative player. He is yeah, yeah, a very Top class functional player, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. I think we yeah. killed uh, Jordan Henderson. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and he was. Uh, it's a good match for him to play a, a massive amount of time because get him. And and we have to remember, you know, and I and I kicked myself as well, you know, saying, ah, give him more than seven minutes. Bloody hell, Mikel. Please. But I was like, you know what? He's coming from Atletico Madrid. Makes sense. He's coming and he's coming from a completely different system. And a completely different league, and which honestly, the team that he came from and the system that he's in, you know, I, I respect them, but is not going to hold, is not even going to hold the nuts of the top teams in English Premier League. Not. But, but his skill level is going to compete with anybody in his position in the English Premier League. And the funny thing is with him is that he took over this match. Like it was, you know, I'm thinking, 
you know what? I'm like, you know, let's see how he does. You know, good for him. I'm glad he's doing well. And when I started watching small things like, you know, how you always yelling at the players in the middle. Hey, mind the gap. Mind the gap. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this fucking kid, I'm telling you, this lad, not only did he mind the gap, but he he probably minded 20 yards outside of the gap because he's he's a very unorthodox. Like, if you look at the UFC, ultimate yeah. fighting, I hate to say this, but you get these unorthodox fighters. You don't know. You don't know how they're going to come in with their stance or their left or their right or their knee or their, you know, this, this kid, he covers so much ground. He makes it look effortless. And, and with the match here, like you said, I, I salute everything you said about Kolosniac and, and with Leno, but, but here's the deal with when we saw Partey, when he came, you know, his debut, they're calling it the debut and you see all these pundits just making absolutely insane positive comments about this, this kid. And oh, and not not only that, but of course they're going to be. But it was the performance of the forty-five million pound deadline day signing Partey that stood out. You know they always have to put the forty-five million pounds, in, yeah. which is good though. Uh, you know, like whenever it comes to Arsenal, like the the money is suddenly something that's important to talk about, right? Like every time yeah. you talk about Pepe, you, you they will mention seventy-two million pounds. It's like that's his first name, seventy-two million. Yeah, pounds, you know, hundred uh, percent, man. And the, my favorite quote though. And to just stop my ramble is it was I'm trying to think who is who had made a quote. I think it might have been from uh, from the BBC actually. They said something like uh, the former the former Atletico Madrid player was a, a calm presence in midfield, breaking down attacks and building play with apparently effortless ease. Like yeah. you know what? And that's what we're saying. Where or the good thing about players at his high caliber like this, when you're playing someone like Rapid Vienna, where yeah. they're not going to be at your caliber, but he doesn't get in, he doesn't get into bad habits. He never dribbled just because he could. He never just took that extra touch because he could. He took some touches. He announced his presence, one tackles, and and the the funny thing is about him is when he came in, they talked about he said they said he had 102 touches. They said he had 100% dribbles completed. He had not, oh, a little bit over 90% pass accuracy. 80% long balls were completed. 10 duels, including aerial. He won his, his aerial duels. Five tackles, like one interception, one clearance, one chance created. Like all these stats, but he did it without having to go out and creating bad habits. He goes, I'm going to try to dribble five players just because I can because they're not a high-caliber team like us. Right. He knows it. He's a world-class player, and he showed – that you yeah, know he did his job been, he's been regimented in that that way by diego simeone right in in that team no matter who you're spot playing, on you not break structure you do hey not. you what you just said the this best thing we've both said all night you just you said it spot on he's yeah, been exactly. regimented by yeah. simeone you're 100 you're that's why you run this podcast because you're a genius <laughs> thank you thank you yeah, so, you know, that, that's that's what we saw from him and i think that's why arteta went after you know like Atletico Madrid, like every player is is in a specialized position. Right? Yeah. Like, look at Griezmann. That's why Griezmann didn't, start, you know, he's not doing too well at Barcelona because his role at, at Atletico was so crafted perfectly just for him. And, you know, it's a very specialized sort of a role in which he excels. Yeah. Barcelona were not able to kind of clone that and have him do the same thing for them because it's not their stuff, right? But if yeah. there's one position you know, that in Atletico that you should really think about uh, if you're buying players from them is midfield. Because 
that's where the, the structure can totally be translated over to any team that wants a solid foundation, right? Yeah. I think, uh, Thomas Party is, is the perfect signing for all of that. And I think yeah. Arteta said it himself in, in the post-match interview. It, he held the midfield by himself for the whole of the second half. Is what yeah. And that's, that's what we need. Someone yeah. who can do Xhaka and Ceballos' job, you know, both of them, for, like one person who can do both those jobs is exactly what we have right now. And, you know, I think he's, he's one part of the puzzle. We still need, I think, a creative outlet. But I think we'll, we'll get that over time, and we can't do everything in one window. We're not Chelsea. Um, but, yeah, so it was really good debut from him. Let me uh, ask you a question. I got yeah. a question for you. I, I, it's funny because I, I look at all these different pundits that praise Partey. But, and by the way, let me com- rec- uh, commend you again on the Simeon comment. If, yeah. you can en- if you can elevate and enhance and play and be loved by Simeon because he's, he's a fucking madman. Yeah. If <laughs> either either he's, he's the biggest cock wobble alive or he is a, an absolutely football genius, which I think he is, but with m- just insanity running around him at all times. Yeah. So let me ask you these questions. Out of these these pundits that praised Partey in, in the match versus uh, Real Vienna, let me ask you. I want you to rate these, and there's like four of them. You just rate these these comments uh, one to ten, like one being uh, complete Absolute bullshit. Shit. That's rubbish. Yeah. And number ten, I 100 percent agree with. All right. Okay. So let's do this. I'll read the first. This midfielder Partey oozed class. Breaking up play with well-timed tackles, getting the ball forward with calm and accurate passes, and being alert to any danger posed by the host. I'm not even going to tell you who said this, but these are all respected pundits, yeah. no, knowledgeable I, of the game. I would give that an eight. Abs- yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, it, it it sums up perfectly what we saw from him. I mean, I I I think that the only the only problem I have with that is it's very generic. Like it's a very generic comment. But, yeah. Uh, you know, he got it spot on. I mean, that's exactly what Party did, and yeah. that's what we expect. And from. this is and and this comment right here, you gave an A to, which I 100 percent agree. I'm not gonna. I could off air. I could tell you. I'll tell you who it was. But uh, when and you could tell he's a real footballer too. You could probably even take a guess of the five people that might have said this. The midfielder oozed class. So that's a good one. So listen to this one. Partey made a particularly crucial intervention in the first half when he prodded the ball from under the feet of Funtas as rapid Vienna forward was about to shoot. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly like eight again, right? I mean, it's perfect. It's exactly yeah. what he did. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like this is the opposite of the other comment. It's fairly specific. It's just like one event in the game. But, yeah, it's yep. not wrong. I mean, that's what but he to did. P- to, and to pick out that play, this particular, I'm not going to tell you if it's a footballer or just a, a football analyst, but yeah. he picked out that one play. And if you remember that play, absolutely massive peak play it for him to show that. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Okay, I got to make sure I don't give the name away here. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the name away here. This is good. So, uh, uh, BT Sport Pundit and former Manchester United England midfielder Owen Hargraves. Oh, yeah, um, I, I read this. Yeah, I, Described I it as one of the best debuts I've ever seen. I think that's a little overkill, to be very honest mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> Especially would- coming from Owen. Exactly, exactly. Like, I would rate uh, that yeah. maybe a five or a six. Like, I, I get that he's trying to praise the player, but I hardly think it's the best ever debut, right? I mean, we've had, like, no, Erling no. Cullen for, for British Dortmund. Like, that's, 
a dream debut. That's something that I would say yeah. is flashy and one of the best. I think this is like, I mean, fair enough. I mean, Party's position where he plays is that it's fairly unglamorous. But have yeah, you, yeah. exactly. Like, had we won like five nil or six nil, we had a clean sheet. Sure, you know, like, yeah. Right. Uh, but I, I think that's a little overkill. I think it is too. I think Owen was. I think Owen's a fan of 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 uh, Park Thomas. And, but I think the funny thing is, is that smartly, smartly said. I said it. One of in the situation that he was put in, it. It, it could be one of the best debuts I've seen in a while because I think coming from uh, Atletico Madrid, playing seven minutes against Man City, not even be able to get your hammies warmed up to coming into this match, and you're playing, you know, you're playing a, a, in a league with with a caliber that's lower and still dominating, but not having bad habits. Yeah, fucking well done, good. But oh, yeah, hey, I mean, Cohen, come you, on, man. That shows you, man. Like, dude, he's been playing in the Champions League against opposition like yeah. Bayern Munich, right? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he, he came into this game and was like, dude, you know, this is this is Europa League. Uh, I know what I'm doing. I am totally in control of, the, you know, this game here. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to – because he shows the, that pedigree, mm. you know, that we've been lacking. Yeah. Uh, and who did you mention earlier that we we didn't sign? What's his name? Uh, we wanted yeah, to Awa. sign him. Um, Awa, yeah. I'm telling you right now, these two players, they fall into the category of fucking – an instant impact when you get him on a pitch. There's not a lot of players that fall into that, that, that you know, Aubameyang, fucking instant soon as we signed him, instant impact. Partey, instant impact. Like, I'm telling you right now, Mesut Ozil, I know we'll talk about him later, instant impact because no one's ever seen a yeah. 99% passing rate and running 12 kilometers in the first match, which, yeah. which was consistent. But, okay, I'm going to go for one more, one more reading here for you and i pull these out just special because i know it's your show but i really oh, want yeah. you to no, i i i'm to totally these. cool with all this <laughs> okay actually let me let me uh i'm i'm just gonna run through three really quickly because these are really good and that because that's all that's left so here's another one so he is a key ingredient of what arsenal have been missing for years and this is from a former england and chelsea winger uh uh karen carney uh, commenting, uh, it was on the game for BT Sports, but they said uh, the comment was he he is a key ingredient of what Arsenal have been missing for years. I would give that a nine. <laughs> that Fucking is... proper nine. Absolutely, yeah, like, dude, man. That's, you know, it's, we've been crying out for somebody like this ever since, uh, I think, the, the season we signed Jaka, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is He's basically N'Golo Kante, who's a little stronger, faster, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. basically. He's a, he's a yeah. Kante 2.0, I guess, right? Yeah. We should have signed this guy, like, three, four years ago. We were interested in him in, in 2018. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Brilliant. Absolutely. And I'm like, like uh, when I saw that, I was like, missing for years? I was like, what the? F I was like, nope, that is absolutely spot on because, okay, here we go. He has a knack of breaking up. Uh, sorry, he has a knack of breaking up play and keeping the momentum going. He's pure class. He is versatile and tactically astute. Gives more balance and is technically very good. Yeah. Again, an eight. Perfect. I think most of the right, most of the things he said is. I mean, whoever this was, like he obviously knew Partey from uh, his days in at, at Atletico. 
And yeah, tactically aware, obviously, because he's been in. That oh way. no! Don't get that wrong. It's tactically astute. Right, tactically. And it and it and it's a fuck. It's a absolute a Brit a Brit who said this, and he is. Hey, Martin Keown. You yes, man. Yeah, I can guess. Well that. done. Totally yes. Yeah. <laughs> well done, fucking guy. Good. Well, yeah. see, that's why you. That's why you run the show. Yeah, it's brilliant. As soon as I said, and when I hear Keon say tactically astute, I was like. I go, Keon. I was like, what? Yeah. But no, brilliant. So, you know, you, you have to, hey, you have to, you grow up and your, your verbiage has to contemplate with your age. So, okay, yeah. last one. He is brilliant. And Arsenal fans will be overjoyed to see him in this team. I mean, the four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. what, what kind of comment is that? Like, obviously, we're, like, overjoyed and everybody knew that, but, like, that's not really a pundit saying it, is it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, there's, there's, it's a, it's a true statement. Obviously, we're super excited. It, it's but, a, it, it's a on. boring blanket statement. Is it Michael? It, what's that? Is it Michael Owen who said that? Because I would no, but no, <laughs> but it could be. It would be, or it would be what's his face from that plate? Who's on? Uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, defender that's on uh, commentating for Man. He used to play for Manchester United. Ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come he's, on. So, yeah, I would totally expect that from Michael Owen. He's like, oh, yeah, so uh, this is like on New Year's Day. He's like, yo, it, it, it's, it's, it's so hard to believe that it's already been, you know, it's already the next year, really. It, it's really hard to believe. Yeah. I'm like, what? What are you saying? Like, or just a blanket <laughs> statement where uh, what's his face? Fucking old Liverpool guy. Just said, yeah, Ryan, he comes in and he, he's a brilliant Arsenal fans will we always right to see him uh, in the team, you know. Let's get on to to, to Liverpool now, because fucking done with Arsenal. Fuck, you know. Yeah. It's like, come on, this just guy, get... I forget what it, uh, uh, Graham Sunit, like yeah. one of the yeah. most idiotic pundits that I've ever seen. Like all he is, like you know, he said like, oh, he's going in so rough to the tackle, and like yeah, I know. If you were playing in today's game, you would get like sent off in every game. Oh like, every my gosh. Like, come on, Sunif. Like, dude, if you ever heard Boldy, I love. Uh, if you ever hear Boldy uh, talk about, you know, he, you know, not only his old days in Arsenal, but you you hear him talk about the kids today, and and you know, certain kids saying, you know, with these egos and stuff. And he goes, uh, with Boldy, you know, he was there with Una Emery. He stayed there, and he, you know, because he was a fucking just a fucking absolute donkey kick of a, a defensive minded player, and didn't take shit for nothing. And he, he talks about, he goes, hey, least amount of egos I've ever seen in a club with what we have now, at our, what they have now at Arsenal. And, uh, you know, and I welcome back Arteta because I feel like uh, no one walks on eggshells, but everybody knows their, their job and everybody's yeah. happy for every other player. But he goes, guess what? It's a fucking competition and players in training. It's amazing how he sees players that, who never used to come back and play dif- like get back on the on the defensive backtrack? Mm-hmm. You got players that never used to do that, even in training. And we'll talk about Mezid again. He goes, he says, I've never seen Mezid also play more defense and backtrack on defense in training, and since Mikel Arteta came back, and wow, it's it's, incre- it's incredible, <laughs> incredible. And that's yeah, in training, though, mind you, in training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like so, so it, it like. And, you know, this is a good segue for us to transition into um, 
you know, like the Ozil topic. But yeah, uh, yeah. I want to I want to first finish off talking about the Rapid Vienna game, and then then we'll we'll transition over to Ozil. Yeah, man. So yeah, I mean, and then you know, like, what did you think about the passing out from the back? Are you are you worried at all about Leno? Do you think this is something we'll see from him very often, or is it just a mindset? I don't think. Uh... You know, you read these articles, they're saying, yeah, uh, Leno errors are a concern for Gunners. And then and I think one was saying, like, uh, uh, after the first uh, half, half chances, which were few and far between, the host took a lead after a big error by Leno. Well, here's the deal. You're looking and, – and every keeper, it doesn't matter. You can go back in video and you can go back in, you know, any keeper that we've ever had. It's yeah. – it's, it's, this – if anybody doesn't know football, if anybody doesn't know where Leno came from, who he was, who was taught from, who he played under, you look at the keepers that he played under, and he was he so just like Arteta soaked in everything from Arsene Wenger, and then he went to coach, and he soaked everything from Pep Guardiola, and now you got Leno. I have massive expectations on him, and you should hold him at a high standard. But he did make a mistake, and. The, the bad thing is, I don't like to compare it to other keepers, but uh, there, there should be a lot more comments on, on fucking De Gea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive, massive errors. But here's the deal, though. And I looked and I researched and I looked at Leno's errors, and it's not Leno's errors. It's the, the, the misplays from his front line that leads up to the error, which is hard to. But he did make an error in this match. It was... Yeah. It was the attempted pass. It was intercepted by Funtas, who uh, fired yeah, on an angle. That's just that's just something that a keeper has. But if you, I mean, and then they start saying that Arsenal lacked the quality in the final third as they struggled to open up the ho- uh, to the host, but they f- found their their bite when Aubameyang came back from from the bench. You know what? Here's the deal. It, it, it's it's a pretty tough season. You're coming in from playing and beating a lot of big time clubs, training hard. He's coming back from injury. And I'm not making excuses for Leno because the injury he came back from was not a fucking joke at all. Right, this kid right. is tough. He's smart. And if you've ever watched, if anybody ever doubts Leno's work ethic, just you can. I showed my kid this. My kid, both both my young lads I have a 14 year old lad and a nine year old lad. I showed him the training video of Leno. Mm-hmm. If you watch this guy, he's probably minus eight percent body fat. He's ripped the fucking shreds, bro. Yeah. And his quickness is ridiculous. So he trains harder than anybody. And he's been under the tutelage of some of the best goalkeepers in Germany. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not even, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even worried about it. Cause I saw one article I saw and, and I think it was Leno errors concern for Gunners. Hell no. Is that a question or a statement? You know, right. brutal is rubbish. So I didn't even Arteta pay too much. He said the same thing. He's like, no, it's, it's a byproduct of the way that we want to play. And, you know, Truth. These situations to happen, you know, along the season, uh, any sometimes. But you know, that's how it is. That's how we play. That's our model, and we have to yeah. just follow that pill. And I totally get it. I mean, it, it's not like Ederson or Allison haven't made errors. Like they've done that too. I think Allison once punched the ball from outside his box and got sent off. <laughs> so yeah, and he's yeah. supposed to be the best keeper in the Premier League. So you know, I think. The only reason this is a discussion now is because of Martinez, right? If if we didn't have the whole Martinez situation and we had both keepers, then like or or if Martinez didn't, you know, show himself to be a really good keeper, we wouldn't even ha- have this discussion. So, 
Uh, I think yeah, it's and get a lot of yeah blowing up. Yeah, I agree with you, and I and 100. I think Martinez. I love Martinez. I love his passion. He's your prototypical keeper you want on your team. I'm telling you right now. I love the athleticism of Leno. I love the keeper that we we the keeper that we signed. And if anybody has not seen our new keeper in action or in his training sessions or in match play, just take a fucking simple Yeah. Just take a simple gander at what he does and how quick his I I, I promise you his his horizontal up downs for, for quick reaction saves. Uh, he's got the leg of a of, of a champion. I mean, I'm telling you, he's young, but he's uh, it's 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 and 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 here's the deal. I'm not I'm not worried about Leno. I love Martinez, and I love that when he left, he saved the PK his first match out. But I think we made the right decision. You got to move forward. Yeah. So yeah, it's not that's the thing. Nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's, and it's Europa. Yeah, it is Europa. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. Uh, moving on, uh, the, the whole game, uh, I remember just watching Lacazette to see, hey, look, this is your chance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're facing some European, you know, farmers, and it, you're, you've got a decent team behind you. You've got party cleaning up all the messes. Go for it. Take your chances. Go. Be the striker. Go. Score a goal. He had a great chance. I think one, one pass from David Luiz perfectly passed to him yeah yeah you know he was yeah. on side there's not a problem Aubameyang was there you know he just had to play it through to him missed that pass okay mm-hmm. shoot them. he didn't even he's he's too slow doesn't get the shot off he he waits for those you know Goldilocks chances you know yeah and he's a, it, and you look he looks like a, he a lot of times he's is what you see from Olivier Giroud he was a uh, like a hold, like a like a hold up forward, you know. Yeah. But you know where he tries to post up, get the ball, and try to make that quick turn. When he, when he makes just a quick touch to the side and and hits the ball rather than getting the ball with a defender at his back, you're 100 percent right. And the funny thing is, get this shit. Pardon my interruption. When you brought Pierre, uh, um, Mr. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, he had when I was read, he had uh, what is it, 12 goals in 19 Europa League appearances for Arsenal alone. 12 yeah. goals in 19 matches. So, guess what? Your last statement of, you know, even though he says he loves playing on the wing, put this put this fucking Black Panther up top as a high striker and this, you know, green light him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I understand that, you know, sometimes, like even in this game, like it's not just mm-hmm. on the left, he's tackled there. Yeah. Uh, he, he did move into the center forward position to score this goal. But um, my point is, right, like, it, you know, let's get it back to Lacazette. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, he wants to, he, he, he doesn't have any defining uh, attributes to his game, right? Like, if you're thinking about Obama, you know what he's good at. He's, he's a pacey center forward, takes chances, his movement is excellent, he's fast, he's quick, he's deadly. Great. Uh, think about Olivier Giroud, right? Target man, strong in the air, perfect, you know, hold-up player. He can bring anybody into play from midfield, and his his passing, first-touch passing is just a, a dream. So we know what we're getting from him. What does Lacazette offer? He's not he's not pacey. He doesn't have the pace of an Aubameyang, right? He is not a silky smooth dribbler, I don't mm. think. I've not seen him. He's not like a Roberto Firmino. Uh 
he does not have the capability to hold up the ball like, say, a Giroud does. He's not that strong. He's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not the target man, though. And he's not ex- extremely good at passing either. And it's not like he's a good pressing agent because he's got lead in his boots now. He's not moving. Mm-hmm. He's a very stationary forward who's not potent in front of goal. That's what I see, right? Is this decline? Is he falling off of a cliff? Is this, What's going on with him? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you with, with Lacazette, I'm a fan of Lacazette, but I'm thinking with what what has come in, he's got he's had to he's done a really good job of adapting of what's come in because he loves, you know, uh and honestly with with and when when he's playing very, very well, um I, I was a little bit a while back, not now, but a little yeah. while back, I, I was I was a little bit insulted that he didn't get a call up for uh his country for now for the French national team. Uh, even even Eason as a substitute because with France, just even even the bench could probably start a uh, have a starting lineup that could possibly oh. win the World Cup. Yeah. So, but I think he he deserved a call up. But here's the deal though with uh, Arteta. Arteta always said you know with about Lacazette's future, you know because he's under contract to like what 2022, mm-hmm. and um, he was like. You know, he loves Lacazette. He said even before that, he, he's the type of striker that he really likes. And, you know, there was periods where he was really unlucky. He was having chances, not converting, which which he was not used to because with the teams that he came from, you know, he was he was he was slotting, slotting goals. But once he came into the system, you know, but the funny thing is, is what Arteta likes about Lacazette is that the way he can link play like he's not only just linking the play, he's. They say on the pitch, even training and matches, he's one of the most compet- that highest competitors, and he has the most competitive attitude that anyone. And he hates to lose. He goes for every ball. You can see him when he's when he's playing oh, defensively. I'm definitely and, not questioning his work rate. Thank, like that's uh, not hundred percent. No, you're 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 hundred percent correct on your comments, and I'm saying exactly what you know what what Arteta liked about him, and I know you know that. And he goes how hard works. He's a, but he's also an intelligent player. And and Arteta said he was very very happy with it. So so if you're going to emphasize this point, you know, they asked him, uh, and Arteta even said in his interview, he goes, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to emphasize my point. Why would I want to lose a player like Lacazette? I'm I'm very happy with him right now. And what what people don't understand though is like me and you are like, guys, just he he at times he looks just absolutely. Brilliant! He has that quick finish in the 18-yard box. That's his. That's his bread and butter, you know. But when his work rate is so high, but we don't see his relationship with Arteta, which is probably massively positive. We don't see what he does in training. We don't see what the other players think, you know. But it's amazing to see like Lacaz or sorry Arteta actually say, and they quoted him saying, "Why would I want to lose a player like Lacazette? I'm really happy with him." Like you know, it's like uh, so. So they're saying, you know, like once the season's over and, you know, if we have Europa League football or something different like that, um, he goes, things may, how did he word it? Things may become a little clearer on both fronts. Okay. So, you know what I mean? And that's, and I think, but here's the deal, though. You got to think the inner inner team workings as well, because Lacazette and Yang. They play very well together, and they're massively close together, and they get along with the coach because the coach sees how hard they train, 
He sees a work ethic, but you also have to think of the competition that you're going in with the EPL. You got to get that top four because guess what? Champions League has got to be it. Yeah, Europa yeah. League is not going to fucking fly with Arsenal. So, it, and that's another thing on on Mikel's plate. But he's taken in consideration when Lacazette is actually playing at his finest. I like a hardworking forward. You know what I mean? Like, look, we had Giroud. He comes in in the fucking which we used to get frustrated with at the you know, hey. Uh, Put Drew in, not put him in on the 78th minute, not the 92nd yeah. minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I 100% agree with you because it looks like he slowed down a bit, but they looked like uh, uh, they said that he took a minor knock. So he's been a little bit off a little bit, but he looks like he's at full, full capacity now. But yeah, it's, it's a good conversation for sure. But Mikel is since July, August, September, uh, Mikel is like, why would I want to lose a player like Lacazette in the dressing room? He's a he's absolute fucking gem, and the players love him. He motivates players, and he almost actually, uh, they said that he was uh, he he almost got the band. He almost got the armband, and he did. He's I think he's captain uh, yeah. us for this game. So he did. His teammates beat. teammates love him. Yeah, I mean for non footballing reasons, like I will never question like that. He's in terms of attitude, in terms of application, uh, leadership. He's, he's great. It's just. I don't, but, but guess what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be disappointed if he doesn't start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know exactly. what? Just for purely footballing reasons, I maybe yeah. I'm not as tactically astute as Arteta for sure, right? So I can't see the merits that he brings. But if he, yeah, if he can keep scoring against the fucking spuds, I'll, I will I will sign that weekly pound paycheck for sure. Yeah, sure. I would have him on like you know when he's 42. Just just bring him on to score against Spurs. I would do it. God, see, that's the second most brilliant thing on this podcast today because I that's that is it. Forty two years old Lacazette and come on just to take a PK just so that mouth breeder yeah. fucking can said anyway. Buds. Uh I think yeah, I mean there's not much too much else to discuss. Uh but I wanted to really bring up this point because you know, like Mo El Nenny. Mozil, right? Mm. He's been taking a lot of flack for no reason at all because yeah, man. Not, he, I mean, like, dude, I don't know why people are hating on him. He's 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 a great squad player. He does not complain, right? At not being starting, not being given the big contract. He's just passionate and happy to be here, and you know, giving it his all for the club. And I think that's an underrated, you know, trait that you know people don't appreciate. Like, you know. Think about players like Samir Nazi, right? He thought he was better. Yeah, than yeah. Him. Like, he was being an asshole, absolute dick. And, yeah, sure, he was a little more talented, but... Massive prick. Massive yeah. prick. Massive prick. It, look at Eleni. He's such a gem of a person, right? Very nice to have uh, in the dressing room. He is willing to, you know, play second fiddle to the other midfielders that we have, but he's been... Plays well for country. Been, Plays well yeah. for country as well. Yeah, and he's been stepping up for us too. Like uh, yeah, man. the Sheffield game, it was his pass that set off the the first goal, yeah. right? Saka. And if you remember, like just taking it a little bit further back, you remember the Fulham game, right? The first goal that we scored is from that crossfield ball from Elneny, right? Uh, and 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 planned and brilliant, planned and brilliant. Exactly, right? And then you know, yeah. even, and then this game, he comes up with like if Ozil had done this pass. People will be talking about it for weeks. Like Ozil's Leicester City pass. Remember that? 
was almost the same. It's just this is yeah. yeah. Let me I, ask you a question. Oh, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember who? You remember who brought in El Nenny? Arsene Wenger. Absolutely. And, and you know, for six million, that's a bloody bargain right now, isn't it? For a fucking for a guy who absolutely could have captained the Egyptian national team and who had, if you ever watched. See, and this is where this podcast is awesome that you guys have this because people who don't know Mohamed El Nenny, if you've ever watched him before he came to Arsenal, he had such a high percentage of long distance strikes on frame, if not going in the goal. It was absolutely sickening. And and Arsene Wenger is the one that said, hey, listen, you're in English Premier League. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which was smart at the start, but then also he took – and then the first goal that he hit for us Barcelona. was just a ab- absolutely fucking pinger from yeah. distance. And and everyone was like, who even Wenger's like, eh, hi, yeah, yeah. He's like, you uh, find, tri- find him after yeah, that shooting. Très bien. <laughs> tri- Wenger was like, très bien, mon ami. Très bien. You know, I was like, holy shit. But yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, there's, a, there's a nice meme out there that, that shows uh, a quote about part absolutely holding down the midfield the yeah. entire match. And then they put uh, Mohamed El Nenny's face on a, a guy with his hands on his hips going, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because guess what? I think El Nenny is but and, he's but, happy to play that role. He's not he complaining and saying, hey, you know, where's my attention? And that's what I love about him, right? Just gets on with and it. Arteta and Arteta says the same thing. Yeah. And he's very secure on the ball. I'm like, it's like, you know, like I said, when, when Saka gets the ball, I get excited and I expect, you know, great things. But when Elneny has the ball, I don't get excited, but I don't get scared either. I know that he will not give it away. He might play a conservative pass. That's fine. But he's not going to give it away. And I've never seen him lose the ball. Never. I think, you know, that's why Arteta wants him there. He's, he's secure. He provides that blanket of safety. And I think, you know, we really should give this guy some credit. Yeah. And here's the deal, though. The, with his, people are forgetting that with Mohamed Al-Nini, like here, you got this lanky, long, lanky player, and you're thinking that um, he played his youth ball where he was, uh, I think it was like, because uh, they were talking with um, uh, Mo Salah, and uh-huh. uh, I think he was at old, uh, the, was at Al Makaloon. I think he was at the same place. Then he went to Basel, which is, yeah. yeah, really. I mean, like, you have to, if you research where this kid played and he was, and he went through some injuries, but he came back in his international career. He started with, uh, he helped the under 23s qualify for the 2012 Olympics. Like, like, this kid was, I mean, I look at these players that we're looking to bring in and I try to realize what. What's what's happening with with this player? And hit, I mean, especially and, and if you and people, I'm telling you right now, don't sleep on the Egyptian national team. That's the funny thing mm. right now, because not just because of Mo Salah, he brought a lot of attention because not only one of the best players on the globe, but he's very, very humble. But yeah. if you got players like El Neni, but guess what? There's another on the national team. There's another probably 21 players. Just like El Nenny, if not better or cloned, like yeah. how good they are. Yeah. And yeah, and I agree. I think that he's uh, uh, 
um, the conversation between El Nene and Arteta, it's been it's been reported and they've they've talked about it, and that uh, Mikel Arteta said, "You have a place at Arsenal. Do yeah. not leave here. You have a place here." And Arteta sees stuff that we don't, and he sees him in training, and he's watched videos of him at Basel, and he watched when he played in 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 Egypt, and and dude, it's and fucking and also. And if you look, you know, Basel played in the Swiss Super League. You know what I mean? And it's like, and if you look at, if you look at any, any player and how hardcore some of the soccer is at that, uh, it, I swear it was like, uh, yeah, it was that El, uh, El Mako, what is it? El Makaloon or something? I can't remember what league it was, but it's the right. Egyptian Premier League, but the team that he played with, and I don't want to destroy the name, but I watched some videos when he was even a a, a rumor coming to Arsenal mm. and watching his distant strikes and his tackles were yeah, absolutely yeah. fucking absolutely dizzying. It's amazing. Dizzying and you, you couldn't believe it. And then he came to Arsenal and, you know, he kept his he kept his place and people thought he was under the radar. But Mikel Arteta, you look, look, look at uh, if people are doubting uh, El Nenny. Look at his uh, the percentage of turnovers or the yeah, turnover that, rate that, that he has. He does it's not it's a, them, absolutely not. I mean, and, the stat. I can just see it. So it is. It, yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely, it's a good topic. To bring. I'm glad you brought El Nenny up today because he doesn't get. Yeah, I feel like you know, because credit. You know, I mean, we should give him some love because we we criticize players. We give some players some love, but there's a lot of players like of uh, players of his profile that we just overlook, and that's not fair. And I felt Truth. like. He deserved his. Uh, no, limelight. I agree. Oh, by the way, you mentioned. Sorry, I wanted to just come back on a point you made. It was a really good point on why did we sign uh, Cedric? Yeah. Uh, in the, the back, it's something. And 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 the one thing that I forgot there was an interview that I heard from Mikel Arteta is that um, him and his scouts. There's a reason. There's something they saw uh, in Cedric and uh, and. As yeah, the season goes on, he's got the best delivery of any any of the right backs and stuff. Yes, like, I, you're gonna watch I this, and when he fits in, when he fits in our system, he said, "You're gonna, you're." It, it's hard to tell now because how how the different players are coming in and out and interjecting. He okay. says his 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 pitch presence is gonna be very very. He, his first of all, he told us his football mind is is massively advanced. But his delivery from the outside back position is is something to be. So you know what? If Arteta can recognize that, and uh, you know what, like I said, you know, I I was like, okay, well, well I wonder why why we signed a long term contract, but but you know, you know, I guess. but I I, I didn't. I, I'm sorry to go back to that. I just totally forgot. I didn't mention that. But yeah, yeah Arteta said you're going to see something special from this guy. So I was like, all right. So, we'll see. but it was we're, delivery. We're waiting, but we'll see. <laughs> but God, hey, but God bless Muhammad Al Neni. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm excited for him that he's still with the squad. Yeah, I'm really happy. I mean, he's get he's gonna play all the Europa League games, and uh, that's what we can expect from. All right. So, um, do you want to take a quick break uh, before we talk about uh, one of the biggest issues surrounding our club? It's up to you. You let me, yeah, I'll take a quick break, and then uh, right. I'll, I can be back in a few. All right. Let's we'll take a quick break then.
right, you guys, we're back, and we need to talk about this one. This is the big elephant in the room. This is the problem that, that's been holding us back for, I don't know how many years now. We have to talk about Mesut Ozil, right? Now, we all know, right, and, and I have to put this out before, before we start this discussion, because I know all the Ozil fanboys, are, you know, they're going to get aggressive. And let me just start by saying that I love Mesut Ozil as a player. Right, mm. the most talented, in my opinion, talent-wise, he is the most talented player uh, that we've had at, at Arsenal, mm. yeah, at least in the last fifteen years. Right, I don't think um, maybe like you know Thierry Henry, apart from you know the players of that ilk, I think there's no one else that was more talented or skillful on the ball than than Mezet was, and it's really sad that it's come down to this with him. Um, you know, and, and, you know, so what happened is that, as we all know, he's been frozen out, right? He wasn't registered for the Europa League squad, and then uh, he's now not been registered for the Premier League squad. And after his admission, he came out uh, with a statement uh, saying that, you know, uh, he he's not been shown loyalty by the club, and that he's really sad that, you know, he stuck out, uh, you know, stayed with us at the peak of his career, signed this new contract, and he's not been uh, allowed the chance to represent the club that he loves. You know, like, sure, dude, if I, like, if I get 350,000 pounds to play for Spurs, I would do it, right? Like, think about it. Like, yeah, I'm an Arsenal fan, but, you know, if you're getting money, there's not anything that you wouldn't do. So I, I, I call bullshit on the whole, you know, I stayed loyal to you. I, Sure, you know, you probably didn't get any other offers from any other clubs who were willing to pay you that much money. And so obviously you stayed. So, uh, Jason, let me bring you into the conversation here. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you think is going on with the, the, the whole thing? I mean, we know that he's not playing. He's not going to be playing. He's probably played his last game in an Arsenal shirt. But what do you think happened during that lockdown that totally changed? I think uh, I'm, the one thing I'm not going to speculate on right now, because I've heard different things from pretty reliable sources that, they're, you know, they're, uh, when you're looking at the upper board of Arsenal that is brought into this, um, which is um, I'm not going to get into that because there's not enough to, to go by. And when you look into the things, first of all, I want to make sure that I give respect to Mesut Olsen because, like you said, I yeah. think uh, I've, I've been following him as not only as a as a former footballer, but as a fan, as an Arsenal supporter since birth. I've 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 followed Mesut Olsen, you know, his upcoming, you know, when he played in the uh-huh. in the soccer, you know, in the footy, the football cages in Germany to, yeah. you know, his German squads up to Real and and how. Uh, uh, Ronaldo was like, "Hey, why are you do not get rid of Mesut Also, he's got 150 percent of my assists, yeah, to yeah. my goals, and he's just a, he's a he's a massive football mind. My biggest thing is, I 100 percent agree with you. He is, if you look at his statistics for not only I'm telling you, not only just for for Arsenal, but if you look for, uh, I mean, for his country, yeah. you know." And you look at it, it and, and, and guess what? Here's the one thing. The one thing Mesut also did not do is he goes, I'm not going to play for Arsenal. I'm not going to play unless you give me this much money. 
Yeah. This is a contract that they offered Mesut Ozil 350,000 pounds a week, yeah. which yeah. is absolutely fucking maddening. But guess yeah. what? It's Just not like his every fault. Other sport, I will agree no, to that. It's not his 100%. fault. 100%. Yeah. Every other sport, you got Alex Rodriguez. He's not holding out for this much money. If you want to give this guy this much money, like Cristiano Ronaldo, hey, I'm not holding out for this much more money. The, the closest thing that you go to a holdout in football is is messy and it wasn't a holdout he goes listen i'm i'm, I'm reorganizing my thoughts in life i'm like do i want to go to the english premier league do i want to go to like i need to start thinking about things which it might, might have been a play but he never demanded money and, and guess what barcelona came back and said hey bro the fuck you are leaving here's this is what we're going to do for you and yeah. you're going to end your career a billionaire just like Cristiano and ronaldo will but back to mesit if you look at Mezit's statistics for his just his country alone. Yeah, he's you know in, in 2018 World Cup, 2014, 2018, you know, two matches, no goals, no assists, no yellow card, blah blah blah. 2014, seven matches, goals one, assists one. This is at the highest level. Qualifiers, yeah. you're looking at six matches with three assists, and yeah. then you're looking at UEFA qualifiers. But if you're looking at Arsenal alone. Look at the season where this kid came in with us. And when did he sign with Arsenal? Do you remember? Do you remember the 20, year he signed with 13, Arsenal? 14. Hell to the yes. And then when he came in with Arsenal, and you're looking at 2014, 22 matches, four goals, five assists. Next season, 2015, he was at 35 matches, six goals, 19 assists. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. And then and it it's went from nine, and then the next year nine assists. That's only because we so, had Giroud. If we had Aubameyang, hundred percent shattered that record. Oh, oh, that's and that's the thing. You have to look at the players around you. So Mesut also came in at, and and you look at 2014-15, 22 matches played. He had four goals, five assists. Next season he had 35 games, six goals, 19 assists. 2016-17 he had 33 matches, and that's 33 matches. And people don't understand what that, you know, with all competitions, that's Premier League. Yeah. And if you're looking for all competition, and 2016, he had nine assists. 2017 to 18, 26 matches, four goals, not his job to score, eight assists. But then you keep getting up and up and up. And right now, I think that the deal is, and and when I read that, man, it, 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 because I'm such a massive fan, and I, when I read the opening part of his statement, he goes, this is a difficult message to write to Arsenal fans that I've played for over the past years. I'm really deeply disappointed by the fact that I have not been registered for the yeah. Premier League season for the time being. But that's not the part that got me. When he started saying, "When I, upon signing my new contract in 2018, I pledged my loyalty and allegiance to the club that I love, Arsenal, and it saddens me. I'm telling you right now, it's the the thing that most play most most Arsenal supporters are going to say is you know like yeah hey we were we were wondering which Mesut also was going to show up that day because yeah. it was such, it turned into such inconsistent play. But the biggest thing is that, uh, and I'm just going to throw this in here is when you know players were starting to take um, you know hey we agree to take this pay cut so we can get, we can finance the arsenal all the staff from, from the vendors to the to all the other people so they don't have to get laid off we can yeah. make sure they have money 
But here's the deal. What people didn't realize, yeah, $350,000 or 350,000 pounds a week. What people didn't research was the number of charities, not only in Turkey, but around the world that Mesut also gave millions upon millions of dollars to, yeah. to make sure that people are getting medical like, treatment. Okay, food. I, I think, I, I think that, um, I want to get, you know, dump it in the paper, so mm. I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I totally support everything that and we all know what a humanitarian is. And even with the whole pay cut incident, I clearly recall that he didn't outright decline to do it. He only exactly. Said, I will do it if you tell me where the money is going. And I Thank think you. he, was, he yes. was in his, he was perfectly, uh, um, he had every right to do that, basically. He had every right yeah. to question that because it's his money at the end of the day. And you can't force that upon uh, upon someone. So no, fair enough. Hundred percent. He, you know, he didn't get that clarification. And if you, you know, if you look at if you look at how things turned out, he may have been right. You know, like you know, fifty five redundancies immediately after you know the that whole FA Cup win. So he was pro- probably right. You know what's going on in the club. But my point is, um, when when you have Arteta. Right, we all love him. We all trust Arteta. We see what he's building here. When a man of that stature comes out to the press and tells you it is purely a footballing decision, I have decided to take this step because I believe that uh, there's there's other there's better people that I can put in the squad. We also have to understand that he had to make this move because you can only register seventeen. Um, uh, non-homegrown players and we had two more two extra and he he went with from a footballing perspective according to him went with the decision Mm -hmm. that you know he thought was best now sure it it all looks really fishy right it looks it it does not paint arsenal in a very good picture i will agree to that right Mm. it's possible that ozil is right but we have to trust what arteta is and his, he's not, he's been like, he's been really honest in his communication. I remember, you know, the before transfer deadline day, people were questioning him, like, you're protecting the club. You know, uh, they're not really supporting you. Are they, are they really backing you? He's like, no, believe me, I will not tell you this if I didn't believe this, but they are backing me. They are supporting True. me. And True. what do we see immediately after? They backed him, right? Yes. They, they put their money in the pocket and got party for him. Yes, so, man. That's, and, and what you just said, yeah. I'm, I apologize for jumping in. What you just said, the, the, the club and the board and the money and, and what all people have been so fucking mad. Yeah. Just saying, jump in and, and finance what we need. And then Arteta said, hey, guess what? Because they didn't feel the same way about Unai Emery. Yeah. They didn't, you know, and even they, they even restricted fucking Arsene Wenger requests. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? Mikel Arteta comes in and said, listen, look what I've done for your club. I've beaten yeah. Man, yeah. Man City. I've beaten Chelsea. I've beaten this. I've beaten Liverpool Ma- multiple times. Yeah. I've gotten you hardware in my first three months. And sorry, let me go back to what you said about Mezet. And I 100% agree because he and, and what I was going to try to get at is like, hey, yes, I, I will do that. But I just want to know where this money is going. I need yeah. to know this because he has so many other obligations to charities where his money's going to. And the funny thing is, is that with Arteta, and he he, he said it brilliantly, Arteta, and he 
he even said, he goes, hey, I take full blame for for yeah. Mez's drop-in performances. He goes, yeah. my job is to my get the job. best out of yeah. every – yeah, to get of every player to for the team performance. I feel at the moment – what do you say? I feel at the moment that today I want to, I want the best possible Mezit for the team. In some moments, I was able to get close to that. At the moment, I haven't been able to do it because I have, have to make the decision to leave him out of the squad. And yeah. every interview he has that you saw, he said, I've been 100 100- – percent transparent, transparent. And upfront. And he, he wants to be able to look at every player yeah and he says his conscience is clear now the crux of the matter is here right yeah sure it doesn't matter whether ozil is right uh, the club was right or the club was wrong right it's not ozil's fault that he's on that contract right but what we really do know at the end of the day is we have a manager that is completely transparent that we all trust we love he has the club's best interests in his heart and he's proven that and when a man like that comes you, comes out and tells you that I've taken this decision in the best interest of the club for footballing reasons, that's all I need to know. That's all I yeah. need. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm an Arsenal fan at the end of the day. I'm not an Ozil fan, right? And this is Truth. like as much as this is being painted as an Ozil versus Arsenal, it's not that. It's just Arteta deciding this is what's best for the club and we move on. And I think that's the message that should be put out uh, from our side. Uh, on this podcast, right? What do you think? I, I 100% agree. And I love the my favorite the favorite quote that I took from this interview because I've been, and I read that letter that Mesut sent to the fans mm-hmm. and I love his heart and I love his method. And I'm telling you, when Mesut also at, is at his best, he's world-class and he is the best at his position with just vision because it's, 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 it's a pleasure. It's absolutely a pleasure to watch him play. But my favorite quote, and it just inspired me to hear Arteta say this, saying, hey, it's my decision. If someone has to blame me, yeah, and, and it will happen, when we lose... Do you watch that? Yeah. Taps his chest yeah. Yeah. passionately and says, it's my yeah. decision. If you have when, to blame it, someone, blame me. And if yeah, he's sticking his neck out, I believe that yeah. guy. Yeah, it's my decision. And if someone has to blame me, and it will happen when we lose football matches, yeah. my responsibility, I have to make the decisions to get the best possible squad in order to win football matches and competitions as often as we can and then he finalized it with in order to do that i try to be fair with mezit and any other players and defend as much as possible the interests of the football club this is why they gave him the fucking title of manager finally because it's a very difficult message to write it's a big decision yeah but we're on the same page, and I love Mezit. I hope to God, I I wish that something happened. Three hundred fifty thousand a week. Ah, you know what I mean. You yeah. have to look at the team, and I love Mezit also, and I think he's world class when he is consistent. And I've I've been a uh, supporter of for many years, but I am a massive. Uh, I've raised an Arsenal fan, and I love Mikel. I love the squad, and. The decisions have to be made, so I'm yeah. I'm fully agree with you, Gotham. I, I, you're you're spot on, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's most most sensible Arsenal fans probably feel this way, but yeah, anyway, and and you know the, the, I only wanted to bring up this issue because it's it's been something that that's been holding the club back, in my opinion, and kind of painting us in, in, a, in a bad picture. And yeah, sure, maybe the club is not as classy as it once was and you know it gets because it's in a it's in a 
in a business model that it needs to survive, right? And when when you when you have players that are, um, let's say, challenging uh, the authority of you know higher ups, you're bound to get you know sparks fly, right? It happens. Truth. But I Truth. think Ed has shown that he does not care about any of that, and the decisions that he makes are purely. Football decisions. I mean, we've seen it with Anthony Maitland-Niles. We've seen it with Danny Ceballos. Yeah, yeah, Jose. man. You know, it, it's not. It's there's not like Brandon Jacka, for example. Like, there's not mm. any player that's just completely ostracized. Mm. They always have a chance, provided they yeah. want to do it, right? Yes, that, man. Yeah, that's the attitude that we wanted to see. And you know, I I think Per Mertesacker came up with this during one of his interviews. He talked about Ozil having. His priorities have changed, basically, right? He has a family mm. now. He, yeah, yeah. You know, things have changed, so yeah, obviously, right? So when you're not committed, and look, I'm not. We don't know this. It's only speculation, right? So when your attitude isn't the best, then you don't play for Arsenal because that's the standards that we set at this club. And Truth. it doesn't matter who you are. It does not matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, I hope and, and, he has and, a great and, career somewhere else. Like I, this is nothing personal. This is. I'm like I said. I'm I'm an Arsenal fan, not an Ozil fan, and it is what it is. But yeah, I hope there's there, there's no one player bigger than the club. Exactly. There's no one player. Arsene Wenger wasn't he, bigger than this club, and he's nope. this club. So that that there you go, right? There's nobody bigger than Arsene Wenger uh, when it comes to Arsenal, and even he couldn't, you know, overstay his welcome. So, and I think I think it was a good conversation with with Mezzet because I I love Mezzet. I'm a big supporter, but I, I agree. It, it, it's what's best for the club. I love Mikel Arteta. He, he's he's a he's a he's an advanced mindset for our football future. And he played here. He knows how how, how it works. And he knows the and he knows all the, all over the globe. He has his tentacles out looking yeah. for for players. At, but the thing I, I suggest people before they make a comment about Mesut also read his letter to the fans because it's it's class act. He's a class act player and he loves Mikel Arteta. They're I mean they played together. Yeah. And they were they're very brilliant mates. They're good mates. And uh yeah, man. No, brilliant no, brilliant to bring it up, Gotham. Good stuff on Mezit tonight, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And okay, so what do you think should be, you know, the like it's it's not the best parting of ways, but how do you think this ends? Do you think in January they're gonna pay him off, and you know what? What do you think should happen? I think that uh, in the best case scenario for Mezit, I, I because the way he talks about how you know he keeps saying, "Yeah, I still feel strong connection with the fans, and I'm gonna keep fighting for my chance and not let my eighth season at Arsenal end like this." Eight seasons, what people forget. So you know what? He's gonna keep training. He wants to get back in the mix. I think he's having. I think he's having uh, a lot of one-on-one conversations with Mikel. I think a lot of people think that they're probably avoiding each other, but Mikel says no. Me and Meza talk every day, and he he gives him compliments in training. I'm telling you, but I think that with the 350,000 pounds a week, I think that that's not going to fly. And I, you know, if Meza if he's going to take a pay cut, but I think he's going to get. Uh, I think he'd like to go play in the Turkish league. To end his career, 32, what, 32, 33 now? Mm-hmm. Um, but playing at a high level, I don't care what anybody says when he's consistent. But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him here, but not for 350,000 pounds a week because 
uh, we have uh, Aubameyang deserves fucking more than Mezit. And uh, it's hard to see that. But, you know, if he's going to be happy playing in Turkey uh, because he's got family there and he's got roots there and or maybe get on Germany somewhere. But, you know, I I love Mezit. So good for him. Hopefully he does what he does. But hey, but I'm all about uh, Mikel Arteta right now. Make the decision. And I support you. Let's get this club moving forward more. Yeah, come on, you Gooners. And uh, I think, you know, let's, let's, let's wrap it up with that. I think it was a great conversation. I think we uh, really crossed the hour mark that we set. Uh, but, yeah, we needed to have this conversation. All right, Jason, thank you for joining me this, uh, t- tonight. And, uh, you know, what are your predictions for the Leicester game? I think our Leicester game, I think if Mikel plays our, you know, even though they're, what, one ahead on the table right now, I think if Mikel, you know, I'm going for, uh, I want to say, God, I'm feeling I'm feeling spicy for our strikers. I know we're due for some some finishes, so I want to say 3-1, 2. Uh, you know, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. 2-1 yeah, for the Gunners. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be uh, too flashy from us because that's not really our style at the moment. Uh, I fancy Aubameyang to get back on the score sheet, so I think, you know, Arsenal 2-1 and uh, come on, you Gunners. How it is? Hey, I think that our backline. I I promise you, our backline with Gabriel anchoring that shit. We're gonna we're gonna fucking cut down these rubbish trees from Leicester. Promise you, it's gonna be a tough goal for those guys because we got a specimen with Gabriel in the back. So, cheers, man. Hey, thank you. Hey, I all thank you for me and Corey for uh, giving us the opportunity to jump on your uh, your loose cannons because it's 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 a brilliant stage, man. Cheers to you. Yeah, and uh, so you can find us on Twitter at uh, Cannons underscore Loose, and you can, uh, if you ever ant, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, do visit George's Pub at um, Jenks. Is that it? Yeah, Jenks, Oklahoma. Jenks, Corey Oklahoma. Grandel's there pub. you go. And, uh, you know, they'll take care of you there. And, uh, you know, if you're an Arsenal fan, you should definitely go visit. And uh, there I sign off, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you after we beat Lesser. Cheers, brother. Hey, bro. Hey, C-O-Y-G. Come on, you gunners. Let's go. Take care of the other pitch tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers, bro. So when the challenges come, you will tell them. This is family. This is family. This is family. This is family. This is Arsenal.